the International Soccer Preview. We are Soccer Files Canada. Welcome to Series 19, looking at the groups and teams of the 2023 Asian Cup, played in January 2024. This episode is looking at Group F, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kyrgyzstan, and Thailand. Here we go! It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada, Series 19. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are looking at Group F for the uh, 2023 Asian Cup Tournament. This group includes Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kyrgyzstan, and Thailand. Yeah, and we usually give some information about the media cast at this point, but we're going to save it for the end, uh, mostly. Yeah, we'll just say here that a couple of series are still current. That's the African Cup 2023 qualifying, uh, which wrapped up in early September. And we'll also be doing a series on that tournament taking place in January 2024. And, and also current is Series 14 on Euro 2024 qualifying, which is just coming to its exciting conclusion. Uh, so they can be found on our YouTube playlist and on our podcast homepage at soccerfiles.captivate.fm, the link available in the show notes. Yeah, and we'll also be doing a series on players uh, for the Asian Cup and possibly an update podcast uh, closer to the actual tournament. Um, meanwhile, let's get on with it. Yeah, so again, this series previews the groups and teams for the Asian Cup 2023 which uh, confusingly takes place in January 2024. And we're going to cover our usual information. Yeah, let's look at the three sections that we'll cover in this media cast. In part one, we'll introduce the teams in the group and a bit of uh, demographical information about them. And part two is, uh, will be an overview of each team's history and their recent form. Yeah, so this series features a deep dive into each team's history in the regional cup and that's usually the Asian Cup. Um, and the Asian, re Asian region is further divided into what we call localities, and they play a big role. So um, part two touches on this often neglected aspect of the team's history. That's right. And uh, part three will be a comparison of the teams in their rankings and head-to-head -head records. And uh, we're going to end with a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. All right. Are you ready to get started? Yes, I am. I want to say uh, off the bat that we've had a couple of uh, a couple of um, uh, groups where it was pretty well defined by the pot order, which didn't leave us that much to talk about. But I think this group will be a bit more uh, interesting in terms of that. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let's uh, get on into it, beginning with part one and a bit of information about the country. So uh, let's take a look at Saudi Arabia first. Yeah, so Saudi Arabia, their nickname is the Green Falcons. Um, Saudi Arabia is a large desert country that occupies the uh, the majority of the of the Arabian Peninsula, uh, which kind of juts out between Africa and, and the rest of Asia. And Saudi Arabia has a population of 37 million people. 37 million. Okay, so about the same size as Canada there. Mm -hmm. uh, second country is Oman. Yeah, Oman, their nickname is the Reds, though in Arabic. Um, Oman is a neighbor of Saudi Arabia, and it occupies the southeastern end of the Arabian Peninsula, 
Uh, Oman also shares a border with the wealthy United Arab Emirates and the war-torn Yemen. And Oman has a population of 4.5 million people, uh, which actually makes it the third smallest uh, country competing in the Asian Cup, uh, just ahead of Gulf countries Qatar and Bahrain. All right. Uh, well, our third country is not in the Middle East. It's in Central Asia. It's Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, yeah. Their nickname is the Red Team uh, in Russian. And Kyrgyzstan uh, as, is a landlocked country in Central Asia. Uh, it's bordered by Kazakhstan to the north and China to the east. And then it shares kind of a complex and winding uh, mountainous border uh, with Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. Tajikistan, sorry, to right. the uh, uh, west and south. And uh, the population of Kyrgyzstan is 6.7 million people, so also uh, relatively small. Yeah, okay, we'll look at those in comparison to each other after we take a look at our fourth team, Thailand. Thailand, their nickname is the War Elephant. Uh, that's a pretty good nickname, I have yeah, to say. I like that one. Uh, so Thailand's a large country in Southeast Asia. It shares borders with Myanmar, Laos, and Cambodia, and then stretches south along the Gulf of Thailand where it meets up with Malaysia. And Thailand's population is 72 million people. Oh, wow, huge. Uh, okay, well, I said we'd look uh, uh, in comparison, so uh, which one is the biggest? I think it's Thailand, eh? Thailand's the biggest, yeah, 72 million people. Um, and that's actually roughly double the size of the next closest country, which is Saudi Arabia, at uh, 37 million. Um, after that, the, the countries are actually pretty small. Uh, Kyrgyzstan with 6.7 million people. Um, and then uh, finally, Oman, as I said, the third smallest, they just have four and a half million people. All right. Well, uh, Thailand is the pot four team, but the largest country. So size isn't everything, hey? That's right. All right. Let's jump into the history of the teams. And we just begin with a broad overview of the team's uh, participation and strength. So we will start with pot one, Saudi Arabia. And uh, Saudi Arabia is a latecomer to world soccer, participating only from 1978 in the World Cup, although they did enter consistently after that. Uh, they weren't a member of the AFC for the Asian Cups from 1956 to 1972. Uh, then they qualified for the 1976 version, um, but actually withdrew for reasons unknown uh, from the tournament uh, that year and in 1980. So it's only from 1984 that their participation uh, has been consistent. Saudi Arabia's uh, local zone is the West Asian Football Federation, or WAF, uh, which originally consisted of six member nations. Um, but in 2009-10, they and most other Gulf nations joined. So Saudi Arabia is a latecomer to, to WAF. Uh, the original group had tournaments roughly every two years, and that continued until 2014. Uh, since then, there's only been one edition in 2019. And there, there uh, kind of seemed a lack of enthusiasm for the WAF Championship after the Gulf Nations joined, uh, presumably because they already had the Gulf Nations Cup as a long-standing tournament. Uh, also competing at the local level is the on-again, off-again Arab Cup, which has had 12 editions since 1963. Uh, Saudi Arabia has been consistent in, uh, in its participation in both, uh, with the exception of some of the early Arab Cups. Uh, 
Yeah, so those uh, uh, those local kind of tournaments are a bit complex for the Middle Eastern teams, but we'll try to uh, unravel it a bit here. But let's uh, talk in terms of strength. It's actually very hard to pin down Saudi Arabia. Uh, that they often reach the World Cup makes them a top-tier nation in Asia, and their domination of the Asian Cup, which we'll see soon, uh, from 1984 to 2000, supports this top-tier uh, this top tier ranking. However, there are periods, even in recent times, where they've looked more like a second tier nation. Uh, they failed to qualify, uh, not only qualify for the 2014 World Cup, but didn't even reach the final round there. And they've had group stage knockouts in three of the four Asian Cups um, from 2004 to 2015. So these are kind of erratic swings, and it's even more pronounced in local tournaments, uh, as we'll see. All right, well, let's uh, focus in a bit and take a bit of a closer look at the uh, World Cup. Yeah, so Saudi Arabia appeared a weak team in World Cup qualification until 1994. Having won two Asian Cups in 1984 and 88, uh, they failed to qualify uh, for the World Cup in that period, not even reaching the final stage in 1986. But in 1994, uh, their Asian Cup form caught up, and they not only reached the World Cup, uh, 1994 in the United States, but passed the group stage, becoming the first Asian team to do so. They reached the World Cup the next three times after that, but never again passed the group stage. In fact, they didn't uh, even as much as winning another game, uh, mustering only two draws over their nine games in that period. Saudi Arabia did not qualify in 2010, and in 2014, um, as we mentioned, again failed to even reach the final round. Uh, they recovered, though, in 2018, uh, reaching that tournament and the 2022 tournament, uh, proving mildly competitive in both. Right. Well, that's as much as we'll say about uh, uh, the World Cup in this one, because our focus is more on the regional cup. So we'll begin with an overview of their Asian Cup history. And uh, even though their football federation was established in 1956, they were not part of the Asian Federation until the mid-70s. Uh, and they actually qualified, as we said, in 1976, but withdrew from that and the following cup. So 1984 became their first completed entry, and they became a top Asian team immediately, uh, winning the title then in 1984 and again in 1988. And in fact, they came first or second all the way until uh, 2007, except for a ghastly year in 2004, uh, where they were knocked out of the group stage. So uh, 2004 seemed an anomalous year, but it actually foreshadowed an end to their dominance. Uh, tournaments since 2011 have seen them pass the group stage only in 2019. Wow, very interesting history. Mm -hmm, very up and down. Uh, let's take a look at, uh, before we do the deep dive there into the regional cup finals, we'll take a look at their local situation. Yeah, and if, if Saudi Arabia's uh, disparate form in World and Asian Cups make them hard to pin down, their erratic form in local Cups confuses the matter entirely. Uh, in, the in the WAF Championship, they look particularly weak, knocked out at the group stage in all three editions uh, they participated in. Yeah, and perhaps they don't have uh, as much respect for that cup and don't send their best players, uh, favouring the traditional tournament in their locality, the Gulf Cup. Uh, and although, um, uh, hang on, all through their dominant years in the Asian Cup, 
1984 to 2000. They won only one of the nine uh, golf competitions and usually didn't even reach the final. So only in its 12th edition in 1994 did they actually win the title. And they did so again in uh, 2002 and in 2003. But 2004 uh, saw a similar fall from grace as in the Asian Cup, suddenly failing to pass the group stage. And since then, they've been bipolar, really, swinging between group stage exits and second place finishes. Uh, but they don't have a title since 2003. Uh, Arab Cup performances are similarly hard to characterize. They did not enter the first three editions in the 1960s. A swung between top three and group stage finishes around 1990, and then won three editions in a row between 1998 and 2012. Um, only three tournaments taking place during that time. Uh, the tournament became more important when it was revived uh, and brought back by FIFA in 2021. Uh, but while most teams took it seriously, Saudi Arabia sent their U23 squad uh, and were knocked out in the group stage, uh, earning only a draw with Palestine. All right, so a bit difficult to characterize, as you said. Uh, let's take a look at the Asian Cup history uh, in detail. So we're really only focusing on the finals rather than on uh, the qualification there. So, uh, as we've mentioned, Saudi Arabia did successfully qualify in their first entry in 1976. However, they, along with North Korea and Thailand, who had also qualified, uh, all withdrew. And actually, I've looked into the reasons for this, but I uh, couldn't find a clear reason. Uh, it could, though, be uh, a result of the political issues with host Iran uh, that year. And they also missed in 1980, but returned to the Cup eight years later and successfully qualified again, and they would for every subsequent Cup. Uh, they immediately took command of the Cup, finishing first in the four-team group stage, beating Iran on penalties in the quarterfinal and then beating China in the final. Uh, how about uh, 1988 then? Yeah, so the following tournament was actually identical um, it was two ties and two wins to, to top the group stage, uh, beating Iran in the quarter. Uh, sorry, that should be the semi-final again, and then winning over South Korea on penalties in the final. So back-to-back -back, uh, titles in their first two uh, two entries. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we did say quarterfinals for both of those, but there were no quarterfinals, just uh, semi-finals and finals. Uh, 1992 was a bit weaker. Uh, they opened with ties against China and Qatar in the now four-team group stage, but a win over Thailand earned them first place in, in the group stage once again. Uh, they beat UAE in the semi-final there, but this time lost to Japan in the final. That was their, their first Asian Cup loss. Wow, yeah, at any stage. Iran handed them uh, their... Uh, their second loss in the group stage of the 1996 edition, but they advanced uh, in second place from the group. They beat China in the quarterfinals, um, this stage having been added with the expansion of the cup in 1996, and they again met Iran in the semifinal. Uh, having lost 3-0 to them in the group stage, this time Saudi Arabia and Iran went scoreless, and Saudi Arabia won on penalties. They met host UAE uh, in the final and won the same way, uh, that's on penalty kicks, for their third title, though it would be their last.
Yeah, so a good run of form there, but uh, they didn't manage to keep it up, as we see in 2000. Uh, that saw them lose to Japan in their opening game, and they tied Qatar in the following game. But they did pass the group stage and uh, met, uh, sorry, met Kuwait in the quarterfinal there, beating them in extra time, and then South Korea in the semifinal. So uh, they met Japan once again in the final, so they did make it to the final, but they lost uh, again there. And 2004, well, why don't you take us through that one? Sure. Uh, this was a ghastly showing by Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabia only tied, or sorry, they tied uh, kind of third-tier team Turkmenistan, the opener, and then lost to both Uzbekistan and Iraq to finish uh, last in the group stage. Yeah, really shocking uh, fall from grace there. But 2004 uh, appeared to be a mere lapse when they returned to form in 2007, beating Japan both in qualifying and in the semi-final of the Cup. Uh, but they lost to surprise winners Iraq in the final. Uh, however, in retrospect, uh, it was this that proved the an anomalous tournament as their 2004 terrible performance became the standard. Um, it's hard to imagine them doing worse than in 2004, but they did manage in 2011 by losing all games in the group stage to Japan, Jordan, and Syria. Yikes. Uh, 2015 promised better after a convincing qualification, but losses to China and Uzbekistan, were both second-tier teams in Asia, uh, saw them finish third in the group stage, uh, uh, a win over North Korea providing little comfort. Um, and that takes us to 2019, which we're going to look at in a bit more detail, uh, starting with the qualifying. Yes, that does move us to our look at their recent uh, history. And that begins with the 2019 Asian Cup. So we'll include qualifying uh, in this. And how did they do there? Yeah, the uh, 2019 Asian Cup, of course, being the most recent edition of this tournament. Um, Saudi Arabia had no uh, problems in qualifying. Um, Asian Cup qualifying kind of doubled as World Cup qualifying in the early rounds, and Saudi Arabia won their five-team group, um, which qualified them automatically for the Asian Cup. Uh, the tournament started well with, uh, with uh, wins over uh, North Korea and Lebanon. Uh, they lost to Qatar in their final group stage game, which saw them finish behind Qatar for second place in the group. That set them up with a more difficult, actually quite difficult round of 16 game against Japan, and they lost that game 1-0. Yeah, a bit, uh, a bit uh, unlucky, I would say, in their matchups. You see the 2019 Asian Cup uh, with a bit easier competition in the group stage because it expanded to, to 24 teams. So, uh, you know, North Korea and Lebanon were fairly easy, but uh, probably Qatar and Japan are the two toughest teams uh, in the tournament, so a bit unlucky to uh, run into both of those. A round of 16 pairing with Japan, who would want that? Yeah, unlucky, but also they they failed to uh, to kind of beat another top or even really second-tier team. Yeah, 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 no one expected Qatar to be quite that good, even if they were, oh, they weren't hosts even. Uh, yeah, yeah, they uh, they should have won that group. Okay, the next tournament we'll look at is the uh, most recent WAF Championship. That was in 2019. Yeah, and as we saw, Saudi Arabia doesn't always take these uh, incredibly seriously. 
Um, and it kind of showed in this tournament. Um, they were paired with Bahrain, Jordan, and Kuwait, and managed only a draw with Bahrain and finished last, dead last in the 14 group with just a single point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure they always send their A team to these tournaments, but I am surprised they didn't uh, send their A team to the 2021 Arab Cup because other countries uh, did. Yeah, and it was actually a similar story to WAF. Um, they managed just a, a single point in the 14 group stage, albeit against kind of tougher competition, um, losing to Morocco, um, but then tying Palestine and losing to Jordan. So not a great result um, in that tournament. Yeah, none of them good results. They sent their uh, under-23 team uh, to that tournament. Um, only two players had more than four caps for the national team there. So um, uh, not surprising that they didn't do that well. But let's uh, look at the World Cup in 2022 and obviously a better performance there. Yeah, uh, much better. Um, so their uh, qualification started in the round two, which was a five-team group stage. Uh, and Saudi Arabia went through um, undefeated, winning six of their eight games. Uzbekistan, Palestine, Singapore, and Yemen were the competition. So they finished first in that group, which sent them through um, to the round three group stage, which is a six-team group stage. And uh, Saudi Arabia were highly impressive there too. Um, they won all five of their games at home um, and only lost one on the road. That was a 2-0 defeat in Japan. Um, and they finished ahead of Japan and Australia, um, actually eight points ahead of Australia, to win the group and uh, qualify for the World Cup. <laughs> Good going there. So, you know, it's uh, hard not to classify them as a top-tier team, uh, knowing that they can perform like that, you know. Yeah. How did they do in the cup itself? Um, well, it was an exciting tournament because uh, they started with a 2-1 victory over eventual winners Argentina. Um, that was one of the most memorable games of the whole yeah, World Cup. That was great to watch. Um, it, it looked to put them in a great position to advance, but uh, unfortunately for them, they couldn't do it. Uh, they lost their next two games to Poland and Mexico um, and ended up finishing bottom of the group despite that stunning opening result. Um, so one win, two losses uh, for Saudi Arabia. They did not advance the round of 16. Yeah, too bad. I mean, you think uh, Poland and Mexico aren't really the strongest teams. If they could have gotten the draw there, uh, might have made it through. Yeah, all could have been different. All right. Well, then uh, the next tournament is the 2023 Gulf Cup of Nations. Yeah, so this is a tournament that Saudi Arabia typically takes a bit more seriously, though they haven't won it for some time. Uh, they started with a win uh, over Yemen, but then followed that up with losses to Iraq and Oman, who they meet here. Uh, so they finished third out of four and did not advance past the group stage. Yeah, yeah. So a little odd in those local tournaments. The last thing we look at is their qualifying uh, for this tournament. Hang on, I think there may be. No, this is the last one. Yeah. Yeah, and this um, the group stage for World Cup qualifying doubled as qualifying for the Asian Cup. So because they won their group um, and advanced to the final round of World Cup qualification, they uh, they qualified automatically for the Asian Cup. Right, and uh, certainly one of the 24 strongest teams in the region, I would say. And uh, Now, we were going to do a section on uh, players. And... Um, 
We concluded that it made the media cast a bit too long and also took us away from the focus on the team. So uh, stay tuned, though, because we will be doing a series uh, devoted specifically to the players. And also because we're doing this uh, pretty far in advance, we're considering an update podcast shortly before the tournament. And uh, we could include the overview of the players uh, in that media cast. So we're going to skip that overview here. And move on to our second team, which is Oman. Uh, let's begin with uh, just a, an overview of their participation and strength. Do you want to take it away? Sure. Oman's first entry into the World Cup was 1986, uh, but they withdrew from qualifying and first completed a qualification in 1990. They have participated consistently since then. They first entered and completed a qualification for the Asian Cup in 1984. They did not enter in 1988, but participated consistently uh, from 1992. Uh, right. Their local zone is the uh, West Asian Football Federation, so just like Saudi Arabia. Uh, so we won't repeat all of that information here. Just a brief reminder that it originally consisted of six members and then Gulf nations joined, including Saudi Arabia and Oman. And um, the WAF tournament, though, as we said, is... Uh, kind of lost popularity in the region uh, after the uh, 2014 edition. Um, in fact, uh, Oman didn't join uh, that uh, right away. Um, they uh, were an invited guest at the 2008 edition before they were a member of WAF. Uh, and from that time, um, they have been very steady in their participation, withdrawing also in 2019. So uh, Oman's also eligible for the Arab Nations Cup and the Gulf Nations Cup, just like Saudi Arabia. And um, well, we'll take a look at that when we get to the uh, when we get to the um, local zone overview. That's right. And then in terms of strength, um, Oman have never reached the World Cup. They have reached the final round of qualifying three times, though, including two of the last three editions. Uh, Asian Cup play shows steady improvement uh, from not qualifying before 2004, group stage exits until 2015, and then passing the group stage in 2019. Right, and we'll be taking a bit of a closer look at those, actually starting with uh, uh, a bit of a closer look at the World Cup uh, there. Go ahead. All right, so Oman's World Cup campaign started very weakly but improved steadily. Uh, from er earning only two draws in their 1990 uh, semi-final group to winning the group in 2002 and advancing to the final round. Uh, including that time, they've reached the final round in half their campaigns, doing slightly better each time they get there, though they've yet to finish in the top half of the group, uh, which would put them in contention for qualifying for a World Cup. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and uh, we're going to do a similar overview for the uh, Asian Cup here. Uh, Oman was no match for second or first-tier teams in their early Asian Cup campaigns, but in 2004, they beat South Korea in their qualifying group uh, to qualify for their first cup, and they have reached the cup regularly after that, failing only in 2011. In 2019, they passed the group stage for the first time, although advancement was made a bit easier by the expansion of the tournament. Right, and we'll look at that in a bit more detail later. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's move on to uh, their uh, local participations, beginning with the WAF Cup. Yeah, so the WAF um, worked well as a local region from 2000 until really 2009-10 when all the Gulf nations joined um, and then seemed to lose out to the Gulf and Arab Nations Cup. Oman has an odd history in it, invited as guests in 2008, but not um, entering in 2019 when they were fully eligible. They thus played in four editions from 2008 to 14, and they passed the group stage once uh, in 2012 where they where they finished third, which was their best uh, finish. Right. Uh, in the Gulf Cup, uh, just uh, let me get the graphic right here for our YouTube viewers. In the Gulf Cup, they finished no higher than fourth uh, from 1974 to 2003, but then enjoyed a great period from 2004 to 2009, finishing second behind the host twice and then winning as host in 2009. But they sunk back into obscurity in the two tournaments that followed, uh, failing to pass the group stage there. Uh, until they took fourth place again in 2014. Uh, in the 2017-18 tournament, uh, that tournament taking place over the new year, uh, they earned their second title uh, again as host, and after a group stage exit in 2019, they took second in 2023, which we'll look at because that was the most recent edition. Right. Oman's participation in the Arab Cup has been about as erratic as the tournament itself. Um, started in 1963, it was revived after several periods of dormancy, uh, most recently in 2021, um, when FIFA adopted it. Uh, Oman participated in the third edition in 1966, where they fell at the group stage. Uh, they entered but later withdrew from the eighth edition in 1998 uh, and returned only for the 11th edition in 2021 where they advanced ahead of Iraq to reach the quarterfinal. We'll right. look at that one as well. Yes, we will. Okay. So, yeah, pretty erratic uh, uh, the history in that Arab Cup. And uh, let's go now to our deep dive uh, into the Asian Cup final. So we're not really talking about qualifying here, but just when they've reached the finals. And, in fact, it took until 2004 uh, for them to do that. So... Uh, that is their first tournament, and uh, how did they do there? Yeah, so Oman was unfortunate not to pass their group stage in that tournament. Uh, they lost their opener to Japan, but tied Iran and beat Thailand. However, it was only enough for a third-place finish, um, a point behind second. But the campaign was successful overall, and really a big jump forward in their competitiveness. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, pretty tough group there. Uh, 2007 was an inconsistent performance. They tied top-tier uh, Australia in their opener, uh, suffering an injury-time equaliser in that game. And they also tied second-tier Iraq in Game 3. However, a loss to third-tier Thailand, who leveraged the advantage of hosting to dominate the game, uh, had them finishing at the bottom of the group. So they fell short of the cup, uh, in a respectable qualifying campaign in 2011, but returned in 2015. How did they do? Unfortunately, they were out after two games, uh, losing to South Korea and Australia in a very tough group. However, a win over Kuwait uh, did earn them the respectability of third place. 
All right, and that uh, is actually it because we will take a closer look at the most recent tournament uh, in 2019 and that uh, bridges us to our uh, start of the recent history. How did they do in 2019? Um, so I met Oman um, finished second uh, out of five in the in the first group stage. Um, that didn't qualify them directly for the Asian Cup, but sent them to a second group stage, um, a four-team round robin. Um, and Oman did well there, um, winning five of six games. They were home and away to finish first ahead of Palestine, Maldives, and Bhutan. Um, so that was enough to qualify them for their fourth Asian Cup in five years. All right. Yeah, they uh, usually the second-place finishers in that uh, World Cup round did pass, but I, uh, I think only the four the four top second place finishers passed. So, Oman uh, Oman didn't make it uh, despite the second place finish. How did they do in the cup? Um, they uh, Oman lost their first two games to Uzbekistan and Japan, um, but a three one victory over Turkmenistan in their final game uh, was enough to see them pass as one of the uh, the top uh, third place finishers. Um, it did, however, set up a difficult round of 16 match with Iran, a match which they lost 2-0. All right. Well, at least they got past the group stage, but not 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 convincingly there. Uh, let's move on to the uh, uh, local cup, the WAF Championship. The last one was in uh, 2019. Yeah, but uh, Oman uh, did not enter, so nothing to speak about. All right. Well, that's short and sweet. Uh, the Arab Cup in 2021. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, Oman had to get there uh, through a qualifier, um, which they did, beating out uh, Somalia. Uh, and then in the tournament, they tied Iraq, uh, lost to Qatar, but then beat Bahrain. So their four points saw them through as a second-place finisher and advanced to the quarterfinals. So that's kind of the last eight of the, uh, the Arab, Asian, and African teams. Um, there, Oman met Tunisia, um, but were defeated 2-1. But um, you'd have to say probably a decent uh, tournament for them. Yeah, I like this tournament because it, it kind of pairs up some of the uh, um, North African teams, especially with uh, the Middle Eastern teams, so uh, adds a bit of flavor to the tournament. But uh, Tunisia, a bit too tough for them, I guess. Uh, next, we have the World Cup in 2022, which actually Tunisia reached, but Oman didn't. Yeah, Oman, um, again, started in around two of three uh, group stage with five other teams. Um, they lost both home and away to group winners Qatar, but actually won their six other games um, over India, Afghanistan, and Bangladesh. Uh, not the toughest competition, but still a good performance. Um, and that put them through to the final round um, where they were paired in the 16 group uh, with Saudi Arabia, Japan, and Australia, uh, all strong teams who all finished ahead of them. Um, however, Oman um, managed to beat Japan uh, on the road in their opener. So it was kind of couldn't have had a better start, but it kind of trailed off from there. Um, they ended up winning four of their 10 games, uh, beating Vietnam twice and China. So it was respectable, but they were just, just shy of really competing with uh, the top teams in the region. Yeah, yeah, just a point behind uh, third place Australia there. Also fairly respectable performance. 
yeah, kind of an underperforming Australia. But yeah, they made it nervy for Australia for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, the next tournament is uh, in 2023, uh, the Gold Cup of Nations. Um, yeah, this took place um, in Iraq. Um, Oman tied the hosts uh, in the opener, but then beat Yemen and uh, Saudi Arabia, who they meet here. Um, that put them into the semifinal where they beat Bahrain, and then they met Iraq again in the final. Uh, they, they tied the game once again, 1-1, but lost an extra time, an exciting extra time, uh, 3-2. Yeah, three goals in extra time there, uh, and the host Iraq uh, winning in the end. So we'd have to chalk that up as a, as a good competition for them. Winning in the very end, it was a, a winner in the 122nd minute, plus two. Wow. <laughs> Can't come closer than that. Yeah. All right. Well, we already looked at how they uh, qualified for this tournament because it was World Cup qualifying for 2022, but maybe just brief over that. Yeah, so they finished behind Qatar, um, but ahead of India, Afghanistan, and Bangladesh, and that put them automatically into this tournament. That's right. Okay, well, that is it. Again, uh, we were going to add a section on players, but we'll leave that for a future podcast and move on to our third team, uh, Kyrgyzstan and uh again starting with a kind of an overview of their participation and achievements uh kyrgyzstan was part of the soviet union until its breakup in 1991. Uh, their first world cup campaign was in 1998 and they have participated consistently since then uh, their entry into the asian cup came two years earlier in 1996 uh, as a weak team, or I have it in quotes, a team in need of development, uh, they moved over to the AFC Challenge Cup from 2007. Well, that's kind of a, a, a version of the Asian Cup for weaker teams. Uh, and they were there from 2007 until uh, the structure changed and saw them rejoin the Asian Cup in 2019. Kyrgyzstan's uh, local grouping is CAFA, which is the Central Asian Football Association. Uh, the locality was originally created in 1992, but became defunct after two tournaments, and it took until 2014 to revive it. Uh, and from then until 2023 to stage their first tournament, uh, which Kyrgyzstan co-hosted, um, I believe, with Uzbekistan. Yes, that's right. And so, yeah, uh, that region a bit slow kind of... Uh... Uh, creating their local group, but they had their first tournament this year. We'll take a look at it, but let's uh, continue with our overview in terms of achievement. Uh, they haven't reached the final round of World Cup qualification, and they don't really get that far, but they have uh, posted some good results at the game level. In Asian Cup, uh, their demotion to the, well, uh, demotion's a bit of a harsh word, but to the AFC Challenge Cup, uh, that in itself shows that they're not really a candidate uh, for reaching that cup uh, until until the recent uh, format. Uh, they did reach the semi-finals in the first Challenge Cup in 2006, but did poorly after that. Uh, however, on their return to the Asian Cup in 2019, they surprised not only by uh, reaching the cup, but, uh, well, we'll take a look at that competition uh, in more detail a bit later. Uh, let's take a slightly closer look at their World Cup in an overview. 
Kyrgyzstan was competitive in their first campaign in 1998, finishing ahead of Syria. They otherwise were no match for second-tier teams, and they even lost both legs to third-tier Tajikistan in 2006. Uh, their only points in that campaign coming by once again beating Syria. They were ousted in early knockout rounds by second-tier teams in 2010 and 2014, but in 2018 put in a competitive performance, uh, besting Jordan but finishing behind them. 2022 was a step back, um, where they were again bested by Tajikistan and again finished uh, third in the semi-final round, though against weaker opposition in this case. Yeah, so not really a team uh, that looks like they'll make it to the final round of uh, World Cup qualifying. Let's take a look at the uh, Asian Cup in overview. Uh, do you want to take us through that? Sure. So Kyrgyzstan was less competitive in their Asian Cup campaigns, taking points only from weak teams, but also dropping points to them. In 2006, AFC created the Challenge Cup for teams too weak to compete in the Asian Cup giving such teams more games at their own level and a spot in the Asian Cup for the winner. Kyrgyzstan reached the semi-final of the 2006 edition, but did poorly after that, qualifying for only two of the following four tournaments 2014, and knocked out in the group stage in the other two. In 2019, the Asian Cup was expanded, uh, with weak teams returned to it. Uh, Kyrgyzstan qualified from their group and not only reached their first cup, but reached the round of 16. Yeah, again, we'll be taking a closer look at that. But uh, let's do a look at their local cup uh, before we do the deep dive into their Asian Cup uh, history. And uh, Kyrgyzstan was part of a local group called CAFA. Well, they are part of that group, but it was uh, a different CAFA. Uh, they had two tournaments in 1992 and 1994, and uh, then the locality collapsed. So that tournament or that, that group is so little known that it, it's only covered in Russian on Wikipedia. So I had to learn Russian to read about it. <laughs> yeah. And the group included uh, Kazakhstan, which is now part of the European group, uh, and didn't include Iran and Afghanistan. Uh, and those were actually the two teams who reinitiated the new CAFA in 2014. Yeah, so with no local group in between, Kyrgyzstan was invited to the first WAF tournament in 2000, where they fell at the group stage, but it doesn't seem that there was any plan for them to join what was then a six-nation uh, locality. Right, and so they've been kind of waiting on, a, on the formation of uh, CAFA, and although it was formed in 2014, uh, it really only had women's and youth tournament until they finally organized a senior men's tournament in 2023. So as Connor mentioned before, Kyrgyzstan co-hosted it. Uh, but the first game ended with Afghanistan walking off the field as they felt Kyrgyzstan's late goal was a handball. I saw the highlight of that game, Connor. Uh, it, Pretty interesting uh, decision. I don't think it was a handball. Really hard to tell from the camera angles available, but certainly not a clear handball. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, because Afghanistan walked off, Kyrgyzstan was awarded the game, uh, but they proved no match for Iran, nor for invited guest Oman, interestingly, who they meet here. Um, Oman actually uh, replaced invited guest Russia, who had agreed to come and then withdrew. And uh, they lost to Oman in, um, in the third place match there. So that was uh, just one tournament, but a pretty interesting one 
uh, there for Kyrgyzstan. And now we'll loop ba uh, back and talk about um, Kyrgyzstan in the Asian Cup uh, finals. Yeah, so the AFC Challenge Cup basically acted as an Asian Cup qualifying round for weak teams, but it was a tournament in itself uh, designed for, as the AFC put it, teams in need of development. So it will be covered here as it actually gives uh, good insight into Kyrgyzstan's relative strength. Yeah, and I should say they weren't really close to qualifying for uh, any of the Asian Cups uh, before that time, so they really have no history uh, in that tournament until 2019. But the AFC Challenge Cup history uh, begins in 2006 with the start of the tournament, and they really uh, fit the bill as a team in need of development, uh, evidenced by their loss to Pakistan in the opening game of the 2006 tournament. Uh, however, they beat Tajikistan and Macau uh, to advance from the group. And then Palestine, uh, which was actually one of the stronger teams in the cup, uh, in the quarterfinals to reach the semifinal. And there they met Tajikistan again, but this time actually lost. Yeah, neighbors Tajikistan's proving a, a constant thorn in Kyrgyzstan's side, it seems. Yeah, a really interesting uh, kind of derby between those two. They're, they're very evenly matched uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, things went poorly, though, after the promising start uh, in the AFC Challenge Cup. Kyrgyzstan failed to qualify in 2008, losing out to Afghanistan, uh, despite hosting the qualifying tournament. But they reached it again in 2010. An opening win over India was followed by losses to North Korea, who really were too strong for the tournament, and Turkmenistan. They finished third in the group stage, but once um, and then once again failed to qualify in 2012. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, North Korea really qualifies as a team in need of development, given that they reached the 2010 World Cup, eh? Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, moving on in 2014, uh, Kyrgyzstan lost to, uh, no, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, failed to qualify in 2012. So uh, 2014, uh, lost to Palestine on a late injury time goal and to host Maldives in the group stage. Uh, and a third game win over Myanmar uh, only earned them third place in the group stage. I'm a little confused. Oh, an injury time goal. Okay. Uh, yeah, so after that, uh, the entire structure of qualification was revamped uh, for the expanded edition of the 2019 Asian Cup. So the first and second rounds uh, were based on World Cup qualification, as we've seen, uh, with all but the strongest and weakest teams reaching a third round in a very clever arrangement. Uh, Connor, the uh, AFC, I think, is the, the most clever confederation in in terms of bringing in these uh, weak teams. Do you have an opinion on it? No, I think they do really well. I think they provide lots of opportunities for weak teams to play games with the goal of developing. Um, in, in some ways, they kind of foreshadow the nation's leagues that have emerged later in, in Europe and North America and other places. But Asia was doing that kind of first, having these competitions for teams of similar strength. Yeah, it's really interesting that first round of World Cup qualification, uh, the, the, the strong teams in the region move on to a further round of World Cup qualification, while the weaker teams move on to a further round of Asian Cup qualification. It's really clever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, well, we do see them making the uh, Asian Cup in 2019. So uh, why don't we jump to that history uh, uh, to begin our look at their recent history? Yeah, so um, they actually weren't one of the, the 12 lowest ranked teams in the region. So they didn't have to play a qualifier. They So they joined in the round two of three group stage. Um, there they finished third out of the five teams. Um, they actually um, got the better over their rivals, Tajikistan, um, as well as Bangladesh, who they finished ahead of. Um, they finished uh, behind Australia, but only a point behind Jordan, um, who were the second place team. Um, so pretty competitive there, and that qualified them for um, a further group stage. There, Kyrgyzstan was paired with uh, India, Myanmar, and Macau, and they finished with a record of four wins, one draw, and one loss, which puts them um, tied with India for the top two and enough to qualify for the Asian Cup. Does that all make sense for you? Uh, yeah, it does. They were actually tied on all counts with India, so I'm, I'm trying to think of how, uh, how they got through in the end. It must have been uh, oh, away goals in their head-to-head -head, uh, record that they finished second in the group on there. Yeah, kind of academic as both of them qualified, but yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, so they did make it through to the group stage, and how did they do in the cup itself? Um, in the cup itself, uh, they lost uh, their first two to China and uh, South Korea, um, but then had a, sh a showdown with the Philippines, kind of another team that got there in the expanded tournament, and Kyrgyzstan won three-one, um, and that actually was enough to put them. Um, through as one of the best third place teams, they actually finished with a record of four goals scored and four against. So that goal difference, no doubt, helping. Yeah, um, just one goal margins there uh, in their losses to China and South Korea. So I suppose that's really what saw them through. Yeah, um, and in the round of sixteen, they met uh, the United Arab Emirates, um, and they tied them two two before uh, losing out um, to a goal in extra time. Wow, a pretty solid performance there, I would say. Yeah, I, I think kind of on the whole, it was a bit bit of a surprise they they got there, but they, you know, probably benefited from playing Myanmar and Macau, who are pretty weak teams, um, in that kind of final qualifying group to get to the tournament. Yeah. But they didn't embarrass themselves when they got there, so a credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, if they are uh, challenging teams uh, like that in this cup. Uh, meanwhile, we move on to the World Cup in 2022 and look at their performance there. Um, yeah, so they um, again entered in the round two of three group stage. They were again paired with rivals Tajikistan, and uh, this time Tajikistan bested them. Um, so Kyrgyzstan again finished um, third out of five in the group, uh, well behind group winners Japan, but only three points behind Tajikistan. Um, while finishing ahead of Mongolia and Myanmar. Right. Uh, yeah, Japan, the only one to advance there, of course. Uh, next one is that local CAFA Cup that we uh, uh, that we mentioned. This is the first CAFA Cup, or the first of the new CAFA. Yeah, it um, it started with the win over Afghanistan, but you, you already mentioned that that was an awarded win due to Afghanistan walking off the pitch. Um, and then they uh, lost uh, their next game heavily to Iran, who are obviously a very strong team. Um, that put them in the third place match, uh, funny enough, without winning a game. 
um, but they lost uh, that match to Oman, um, who they meet here and who were invited guests. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, uh, think. I think that goal they scored against Afghanistan was a winner. Uh, so they would have won. They and the goal was yeah. allowed, so they would have won the game. But uh, yeah, Oman, uh, an invited guest there. So uh, that region, of course, is probably going to be heavily dominated by Iran. Yeah. Um, but anyway, good that they have their locality set up. And the last thing we look at is uh, how uh, Kyrgyzstan for, uh, qualified for this cup. Yeah. So um, there was uh, the doubling up with World Cup qualifying, and as we mentioned. And actually, for the second uh, tournament in a row, they finished third out of five in their group stage. So that's not good enough for automatic qualification, but it does put them into a second uh, group stage tournament. Um, they won their first two games over uh, Singapore and Myanmar. Um, and then uh, they met old rivals Tajikistan in their final match. Uh, they tied it, but both those two teams qualified for the 2023 Asian Cup. Yeah, a respectable performance there. I think uh, Singapore is not not a really weak team, so um, qualifying over them is good. Uh, again, I would have liked to uh, have uh, taken a closer look at their players or at least an overview of their players here, but we'll have to leave that uh, to another time. And that brings us to the end of uh, Kyrgyzstan and uh, a look at our fourth team, Thailand, in terms of... Um, overall participation and strength so uh, tha- uh, sorry go ahead connor sure uh thailand entered the asian cup in 1964 uh withdrawing only once in 1976 even though they had qualified uh their entry in the world cup came 10 years later in 1974 and they've always com- uh, completed qualification so pretty good history in both those tournaments yeah yeah uh, yes, and uh, the regional group is an interesting one. It's called the ASEAN Football Federation, or the AFF. But the A in AFF is an acronym within itself and stands for the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, so um, Southeast Asian countries there. And they take it quite seriously. Uh, it offers teams good competition at their own level uh, because all of them are basically third-tier teams or, or else fourth-tier teams. And uh, that's good because they are somewhat out of their depth in the, in the wider Asian region. So even though uh, Thailand is a third-tier team, uh, they are the most successful team in that locality with seven wins over the 14 editions of its cup, which started in 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of strength, Thailand have never reached the World Cup and reached the final round of qualifying uh, just twice in 2002 and 2018. Their best finish in the Asian Cup was third place in the 1972 Asian Cup, which they hosted. They did not qualify for any other cups around that time, but had a good streak of reaching five cups in a row from 1992 to 2007. Though they did not qualify after, qualify after that until the tournament expanded to 24 teams in 2019 right okay well let's uh, do a slightly more close-up version of the uh, world cup there so uh, thailand lost all of their games in their first world cup qualification in 1974 uh, but they grew slowly stronger over time uh, but only in terms of becoming more competitive with third tier teams especially the older teams in the region malaysia and indonesia 
In 2002, they went undefeated in the semi-final group, and they reached the final round, as Connor had said uh, before. Uh, and there, in the final round, they did well to earn four draws against second-tier teams, but as expected, they finished last in the group. And then they did the same thing in 2018, going undefeated in the semi-final round, finishing even ahead of Iraq and stealing two draws over their 10 games in the final round. And one of those draws was over Australia, who actually I believe they, they torment a little bit. Uh, okay, that's the World Cup, though. And let's take a look at the uh, Asian Cup in overview. Yeah, so for Thailand, uh, being a third-tier team, it's actually surprising they reached the Asian Cup as often as they did. After failing to qualify for the first two editions, they reached the Cup in 1972. They did host the Cup, but still had to qualify. The third-place finish there is not as impressive as it seems, but it remains their best result. Uh, Thailand also qualified in 1976, uh, and quite impressively, but they withdrew uh, after qualifying, um, and then in 1982, they uh, they came very close. Uh, sorry, yeah, in 1982. Uh, in 1992, uh, they qualified again and would do so for five cups in a row, uh, but they never passed the group stage and lost all games in two of those editions. 2011 was competitive, uh, but in 2015, they embarrassingly lost um, all, uh, all games in an admittedly tough uh, group. The tournament expanded in 2019, but it was uh, not the benefit of that which turned them to the Cup, but actually their competitiveness with second-tier teams. Right, and we will take a closer look at that uh, uh, when we get there. And before we do our deep dive into the finals there, we'll take a look at the uh, uh, local Cup, and they just have the one unlike the Middle Eastern teams that we looked at earlier. So they are one of the strongest teams in, in the relatively weak ASEAN region. Uh, they've won the Cup seven times of its 14 editions, as we said. Three of those were in the early days between 1996 and 2002. And they reached the final uh, three of the next five times, but actually lost every time and were otherwise knocked out in the group stage uh, twice. And finally, in 2014, they won the final and took the title uh, four of the next five times to 2022. So uh, four of their titles have been over the last five tournaments. Wow, eh? Yeah, some very recent domination there. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go back to the uh, Asian Cup and take a look at their history in the, in the finals. So even though Thailand hosted in 1972, um, they had to qualify, and they did so successfully for the first time. Um, and the host was actually chosen from among the qualification winners. In a feature unique to Asia, the tournament began with what is called a classification match, the purpose of which is to make the group equally balanced. They lost that to Kuwait and then went on to tie Iraq in the group stage uh, and lose to Iran. That single point, though, was enough to finish second in the three-team group, uh, beating out Iraq on goal difference. In the semi-final, they took South Korea to penalties but lost. And then the third place match with the Khmer uh, Republic, which is now Cambodia, also went to penalties, but they won that match to finish third, uh, which is by far their best result in their Asian Cup history, uh, even if it was a small tournament. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, the qualifying history campaigns uh, following this are interesting. Uh, but since we're not focusing on qualifying, but rather than the finals, we have to jump 20 years forward to their next successful qualification in 1992, uh, the first of five appearances in a row. Um, they were very competitive. Uh, sorry, they were competitive tying China and Qatar in 1992, but a 4-0 loss to Saudi Arabia damaged their goal difference, and uh, they finished last in the group. For the next edition in 1996, Thailand found themselves in a tough group uh, and lost all three matches. Uh, the first was an even bigger loss to Saudi Arabia, going down 6-0 this time, and they also lost to Iran and Iraq. In 2000, they uh, had two of the same members, and after an opening loss to Iraq, they tied Iran. They also tied Lebanon to finish ahead of them in the group, but only in third place and did not advance. Yeah, in 2004, they lost all games to Iran, Japan, and Oman. But in 2007, uh, they had the advantage of hosting uh, hosting their group. The tournament was hosted by four countries, and uh, each of those four Southeast Asian countries hosted their group. So uh, they finally got a tie with Iraq in their opener, and they beat Oman in the second game. Uh, in the third game, they faced Australia and actually played very well, dominating much of the second half when they were down by a goal. And uh, a tie would have seen them finish ahead of Australia, but they kind of fell apart uh, after 80 minutes and allowed three goals in the last 10 minutes there. Yeah, that was their only loss in the group stage, but not enough to qualify in a very tight group. Yeah. Advance to the next round, I should say. Right, right. So uh, they didn't actually make the cup over the next two tournaments, and it would take until uh, 2019 for them to reach their next cup. But we're going to look at that one uh, as our first uh, tournament in the recent history, and uh, we're going to include qualifying in that one. So you want to take us through that one? Yeah. So they began in a five-team group, which actually became a, uh, a four-team group after Indonesia were uh, suspended. Um, but Thailand topped the group um, ahead of Iraq, Vietnam, and uh, Taiwan, or, or Chinese Taipei. Um, so that um, uh, saw them direct uh, through directly to the 2019 Asian Cup. So impressive qualification. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then once they were in the tournament, um, they began with a, a, a big 4-1 loss to India, um, kind of a... A team that they should at least be competitive with but then they followed up with a win against uh bahrain and a tie with the uae so that they were uh they finished second uh in the group um india that was their only three points um and they finished in the bottom so a strange kind of group stage yeah very odd um uh india really turning it on they really were impressive in that game and it's a bit like saudi arabia in the recent world cup where you would think after a start like that that they would uh, definitely not finish last, but they did. Yeah, and Thailand, meanwhile, recovered. Mm -hmm. um, in the round of 16, they met China and lost uh, a close game 2-1. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a bit of an inconsistent performance there, but uh, they do show some strength there challenging second-tier teams, which will be important in our discussion later. 
And uh, the next tournament is World Cup 2022 qualifying. Yes, um, so they again began in a five-team group stage. Um, but here they managed only two wins from their eight games and actually finished uh, second bottom out of the five teams. Uh, they finished ahead of Indonesia, who got just a single point, but behind the UAE, Vietnam, and Malaysia. Um, so with that, they uh, failed to advance to the final round of World Cup qualifying. Right, so we saw that they won four of the last five regional cups, but actually finished behind uh, those same teams here, Vietnam and Malaysia. So a very disappointing campaign there. Yeah, failing to beat either of them. Mm -hmm. uh, next one is actually their local cup, uh, the AFF or the uh, Southeast Asian uh, Cup. Yeah, so um, Thailand topped uh, a five-team group stage um, with wins over Brunei, Philippines, and Cambodia, and a tie with Indonesia. Um, they met Malaysia in a two-legged semi-final, and after losing the first uh, match 1-0, they recovered to win 3-0 and advanced to the final. Um, and then there they tied Vietnam 2-2, but won the decisive match 1-0. And uh, we saw their dominance in that cup, but they are... And they won another one, uh, 2022, so they're defending champions in that region. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, exacting a bit of revenge on the two teams that beat them in, in World Cup qualifying there. And yeah. uh, obviously they've reached this cup, but uh, we'll take a quick look at how they got there. Yeah, so we saw already from World Cup 2022 qualifying that they finished second bottom in their five-team group. Um, that still, however, put them into uh, a final group stage. Um, there they beat Maldives and Sri Lanka um, before losing to Uzbekistan in kind of an academic match. Uh, they finished second out of the four teams, but the top two advanced to the Asian Cup. So that's how there you got here. Yeah, and that is a pretty uh, par campaign for them, I would say. And, uh, yeah, once again, we're going to uh, not take a look at their players in this media cast, but perhaps a future one. So that brings us to part three, uh, where we're going to kind of look at the rankings of teams and uh, then have some discussion about how we think this group is going to go. Right. So we did the teams in order of pot order, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kyrgyzstan, uh, and Thailand. Um, how, how did they, like, where were they in their pots there precisely? Yeah, so um, in the pot one team, Saudi Arabia were actually um, sixth ranked. Host Qatar automatically get kind of the number one spot. Um, but South, uh, Saudi Arabia, Actually, in the world rankings were quite far behind the other teams, uh, Japan, Iran, South Korea, and Australia. So, um, you know, the fact that they're not hosting and compared to the other teams, they, you could argue that they were the weakest of the pot one teams. Do you agree? Yeah, they did come from the bottom of that pot, hey? Yeah. Um, Oman are the pot two team, and they were third out of the six teams from pot two. Um, so kind of right from the middle. Uh, Kyrgyzstan were second bottom out of pot three. Um, and then Thailand came, were the third team out of, out of six in pot four. So kind of the other teams relatively in the middle. Um, but probably overall, there was, um, you know, none of these teams kind of were right at the top of their pot. So you could argue it's a bit of a weaker group overall. Yeah, I think you could make a strong argument for that, especially uh, uh, what you said, Saudi Arabia really 
quite far behind all of the other pot one teams. And I would actually include Qatar with that, given that they're hosts of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, the rankings don't exactly uh, tell the same story there. It's a pretty interesting story. And uh, how do these teams look in terms of their rankings? Um, so Saudi Arabia is currently 53rd in FIFA and 67th uh, in ELO. Um, we tend to place a little bit more weight on ELO, but we'll we'll talk about that as we go through these. Um, Saudi Arabia for the last several years have kind of been in that 50 to 60 range in both systems um they got a little bit of a boost i think in the after the 2022 world cup you know beating argentina as we saw but since then have kind of slid back down to a little bit closer to a historical average of like i said 53rd in fifa 67th in elo yeah and we saw that very hard to classify and i think uh, elo kind of uh, maybe captures that uh a little bit better uh very hard to classify because you know they do tremendously in some tournaments like the world cup and uh, very poorly in some other tournaments so you never know what you're going to get i will mention that um japan iran south korea and australia are all between 20th and 30th um in the fifa world rankings where so saudi arabia being 54th that that's quite a drop yeah that is quite a drop and they're even lower uh, in the elo rankings that's right um okay Oman, uh, yeah. Um, they are 72nd in FIFA and 64th uh, in ELO. Um, so the interesting thing there is that while they're about 20 places below Saudi Arabia in FIFA rankings, ELO um, places them three spots ahead. Um, we tend to prefer ELO because it kind of shows less year-to-year uh, -year fluctuation, and we just find that it provides a bit more um, kind of, of a more accurate picture uh, historically. Um, and Oman are a team that's kind of seen a slow and steady rise, um, certainly over the last five years, but even long, even before that. Um, we mentioned they've had some success at the local tournament level recently. Um, they were as low as 100th in the FIFA rankings uh, in December 2017, 79th in ELO. So that shows some, some increase uh, in the intervening years. Yeah, definitely. They've improved uh, over the years. And I'm glad that we do the history of the local tournament uh, in this podcast, because it would be very hard to understand Oman being ahead of Saudi Arabia in ELO if we just kind of look at the World Cup, uh, World Cup stuff. But uh, that's what I meant by I think ELO captures it a bit better um, because Oman have actually been better than Saudi Arabia, especially in the local cups. So, um We'll talk maybe later about whether we think they're worthy of being ranked higher than Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, the pot three team is Kyrgyzstan. Um, they are 97th in FIFA, but 155th in ELO. That's probably one of the biggest discrepancies we've, we've seen. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Kyrgyzstan have kind of been in the 90th, um, between 90 and 100 in the FIFA rankings for the last five years showing very little movement. Um, ELO, they've actually fluctuated a little bit more, um, kind of going a little bit up, a little bit down, but 155th will probably be roughly where they're at for their 10-year average. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, FIFA and ELO rankings were uh, very similar in June 2015. Uh, they were both about 175th, or they were uh, 175th in both rankings. 
Uh, I don't see anything in the history that moved them from 177 up to 108 between June and December 2015. Do you? No, it's a bit odd, and and more so, they've kind of stayed there at you know there thereabouts. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously they qualified for their first Asian Cup in 2019. Um, you know, which registers a little bit in both systems, but um, whereas they've shot up in FIFA rankings from, like you said, 177, they've only moved marginally in ELO. So we'll we'll talk about that too. Yeah, it is an upward trend uh, in ELO too, and we did see that in the history, but uh, you know, we didn't see them like uh, winning the Asian Cup or anything in 2015. All right, how about Thailand? Uh, they are a pot four team. I'm not that sure I agree with that. Yeah, uh, Thailand are currently 113th um, in FIFA, so that puts them um, 16 spots behind Kyrgyzstan. But they're 111th uh, in ELO, which is uh, 45 spots ahead of Kyrgyzstan. Um, Thailand, interestingly, shows the most ag uh, agreement between the FIFA and the ELO systems. They both agree that they're kind of around that, yeah, 113th, 111th mark, um, where they've been for a while, having, um, you know, perhaps risen in the past 10 years, as they've done well, particularly in their local cup. Um, yeah, so. yeah, you're right. Uh, better consistency between the two rankings. And, and generally, among the teams we've looking at, probably uh, the steadiest, uh, with slight improvement over the time, but uh, generally staying at a similar level. All right, well, that's uh, the rankings. Let's move on to the head-to-head, -head, uh, some interesting stuff here. And we begin with uh, Saudi Arabia's record over Oman. Yeah, Saudi Arabia has um, a winning record. We're looking just at Asian and World Cup qualifying matches here um, and, and tournaments. Um, Saudi Arabia has won three and tied two, uh, yet to lose to Oman. Yeah, maybe sometime in the future. Uh, well, we have talked about uh, including local cups, but uh, the thing is uh, teams don't always send their A-team to the local cup, so um, so far we haven't included them. Anyway, they have met recently, twice. Uh, 2014, fairly recently, where they, they tied both games, and uh, 22 World Cup qualifying where uh, Saudi Arabia won both games. Yeah. And uh, next is Saudi Arabia and Kyrgyzstan. Um, they've met just twice uh, competitively, and Saudi Arabia won both of those matches. Right, and that's not very recent. That was back in 1996, so uh, um, uh, they haven't met since then. Next is uh, Saudi Arabia and Thailand, who have met a bit more often. Yeah, and more recently, too. Saudi Arabia, though, has a dominant record with seven wins and a draw and no defeats. Right, and that draw came in uh, 2014 World Cup qualifying, which was a poor year for Saudi Arabia. Uh, but uh, Saudi Arabia bested them then, and then both won both legs in 2018 World Cup qualifying. Okay, Oman and Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, they've met um, once. We did see they met in the, uh, the most recent CAFA tournament, but we haven't included that here. Um, so they met just once, and Oman were victorious. Right, and that was back in 2000, but uh, they won 3 nothing, which is the same margin uh, uh, I think they won in the CAFA Cup as well. Uh, Oman and Thailand. Yeah, um, this is probably the 
one of the more even records. They've met six times. Oman has four wins, but Thailand has two. Yeah, and uh, all of those uh, meetings were uh, from 2004 onwards. So we saw in the 2007 Asian Cup there uh, that uh, Thailand uh, hosted that group and actually beat Oman there. Uh, they met twice in, in 2010 World Cup qualifying. Oman won twice. But in 2014 World Cup qualifying, they exchanged home wins there. So uh, perhaps uh, Thailand uh, do have it in them to challenge Oman here. That's right. And uh, Kyrgyzstan and Thailand? They have uh, never met. <laughs> okay, so we'll have to, see, uh, have to see how they pair up here. Now, we do sometimes, uh, if we can find them, we look at the odds, uh, odds for the group, um, uh, not because we're interested in gambling, but because we like to see what the odds makers have to say about it. Uh, unfortunately, it's too early for that, so perhaps it's something we can cover in our, uh, uh, our update podcast. Um, so let's get down to the discussion. I said at the beginning... Uh, this is maybe one of the more interesting groups where uh, it won't necessarily go according to pot order. Do you think so? I, I think this is a wide open group. And I think the confusion we saw around the um, the world rankings kind of shows that. Um, I think uh, Saudi Arabia are probably a stronger team than Oman, despite ELO placing Oman higher. But Oman seemed to be in a good period. Um, and maybe I'll turn it to you. Do you think Oman are, are roughly at the same level of Saudi Arabia? Oh, it's hard to say because, you know, Saudi Arabia have the talent to easily win this group. But uh, whether they don't always send the talent or uh, don't always show the talent on the team, they're so inconsistent. Um, you know, in the World Cup, we'd have to say, like, reaching most of the recent World Cups, of course, they're a first-tier team. And um, we've seen in the local cups that they sometimes uh, drop at the group stage, losing to third tier teams. And in the Asian Cup, it's hard uh, to put a pin on on where they're at. Even throughout their history, they were weak at first, then they had a period of strength. And uh, then in 2004, it was a ghastly campaign, and that turned out to be the standard roughly until now. So I don't know what to make of them. Do you have a sense whether they'll bring their best to this cup? I, I'm sure they will. They have a new boss in Roberto Mancini too, um, who's likely to, to want to impress. I think with Saudi Arabia, I, I think they it's clear that they do put, you know, some less emphasis on the local cups. But for a country of their size, I mean, they're 37 million to Oman, less than five, even a Saudi Arabia B team or, or possibly even a Saudi Arabia U23 team should be doing better given the size of the country and their their frequent, you know, World Cup appearances. So it whether it shows just a lack of depth or um, something else, it, it I, I think it perhaps shows that they're not quite as strong, um, you know, all the way down with B and C or, or youth teams as, um, you know, you might expect them to be. Yeah, I mean, certainly not as strong as we saw with the, the even the FIFA rankings, not as strong as the other pot one teams uh, mm -hmm. in the region. Having said that, though, they did beat Japan in the final round of World Cup qualifying, so we know they have it in them. Um, I just think there is room uh, for them to maybe not finish first here and sometimes lapsing as much as finishing third, which I wouldn't be... Uh, 
completely shocked to see, but they should pass the group stage. Yeah, they definitely should. And they have enough quality. And I think when they do bring their best, they they have shown that they are a, a tier one team. But like you said, they're not, not entirely without their lapses. I think Oman, um, you know, can be competitive with them. I think, you know, there's a bit of rivalry being neighbors. Um, I, I don't think Saudi Arabia would drop below below first, but I think they could drop points to Oman and, and possibly to even another team um, in the group, probably more likely Thailand. Yeah, maybe safe to say that they're not guaranteed first place here, although uh, I think Saudi uh, soccer fans would be disappointed if they didn't take first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as far as Oman goes, uh, as you said, kind of um, uh, steady improvement and, and good uh, recent campaigns. Um, uh, but you're right, there's only so much a country of their size can be expected to achieve. So they've never uh, really uh, challenged first place or, or top tier teams at the campaign level. Uh, we do expect them to get past the group stage here, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, they made it to the final round of World Cup qualification and performed pretty admirably once there. They've they've done well in local cups. So I think they're a strong team. I think they could be a second-tier team, um, you know, certainly recently. So I, I would expect them to get through the group. And I think for them, you know, second would be the minimum requirement. And I think, you know, could they finish first? It's It's certainly possible and would be a great achievement if they could do it. Uh, if they do finish first, of course, that would that would give them an easier passage going forward. How far do you see Oman getting in the cup? I think it depends. I mean, I, I'm not sure I would predict them to be the first-tier team if that's who they meet. But if they met another second-tier team, a, a UAE or, or a team like that, um, you know, Iraq or Jordan, I, I think they're capable of going at least to the final eight. Oh, to the yeah quarterfinals. I agree with you there. <laughs> a different story with Saudi Arabia. I could see them finishing anywhere, say, between the semifinals and dropping out at the group stage. <laughs> yeah, more erratic for sure. Yeah. Uh, how much? Uh, maybe we'll talk first about the uh, relative strength of Kyrgyzstan and, and Thailand. I think I mentioned in the podcast that uh, I don't really see Thailand, Thailand as a, a pot four team. Uh, how do you think these two compare? Yeah, Thailand has shown some inconsistency over recent years, but I, I do think that they are a third-tier team. They're a team that should expect to reach this tournament and you know try and pick up a few points once here. Um, for Kyrgyzstan, um, you know, I I kind of understand their their ELO ranking. I simply don't understand how how they're a top 100 team according to FIFA. I just don't see the results kind of at any level to justify this. Um, I think Kyrgyzstan is a team that probably does well to reach the cup. I don't know they would expect to reach the cup year after year, whereas I think Thailand, you know, they should be aiming for that. Um, so I definitely agree with Elo. I think Thailand are stronger than Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, I mean, we did see Kyrgyzstan with a, a competitive performance in the in the last cup. I mean, okay, they got to the round of 16 on the strength of beating the Philippines, which is no great achievement. But, uh, you know, respectable results against second-tier uh, teams or even first-tier teams losing by only a goal. But they did lose those games. And as you say, I don't see anything that happened in... 2015 that boosted them up like 75 points in FIFA rankings. Uh, yeah. 
you know, they lost 3 nothing recently to Oman uh, in, in a tournament that they were co-hosting. So there's really, yeah, nothing to really pin uh, their pot three ranking above Thailand on. Yeah, I certainly agree. I think Kyrgyzstan, you know, will probably, um, you know, they might keep the score down against Saudi Arabia and Oman, but I don't see them getting points. I only see them really getting points from Thailand if Thailand are kind of having an off day, which we've seen from Thailand before. But um, I think that's their best and possibly only realistic shot at points. Yeah, I mean, at their best, Thailand can uh, can uh, take points off of second-tier teams. So I definitely think Thailand is a bigger threat to Oman or even a surprise over Saudi Arabia than Kyrgyzstan is. But uh, they're kind of inconsistent at both ends too, where they they sometimes disappointingly lose to uh, third-tier teams. So it really depends on form, I think, for Thailand uh, coming into the cup. I think, you know, on the balance of things, they're probably uh, the third-tier team ahead of Kyrgyzstan, but they're also uh, a bit more inconsistent. So if they're in poor form, I could see them finishing fourth. Yeah, I mean, they do well in their region, but the the Southeast Asian region is, is by no means the strongest. Um, I think Thailand are have probably lapsed a little bit recently, um, you know, with some kind of poor performances, but I don't see that as being like a downward trend. I expect Thailand to do a bit better in World Cup qualifying and even Asian's Cups um, than they have done. Yeah, they've always been a bit up and down rather than uh, kind of big swings of strength and weakness. And actually, if we do say a big swing for Thailand, apart from the 2022 uh, World Cup campaign uh, there, they've won four out of five of their local cups. So you'd have to say that, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a an upward trend for them. Uh, it's possible that one of these teams will get through as a third place finisher they'd probably have to do respectably well uh, against Saudi Arabia or Oman. Do you see this group producing a third-place finisher that'll advance? I'm not sure if I do. I think this is one of the weaker groups overall. I think they encourage them. They probably have the weakest third-tier team. Um, You know, in Thailand for pot four, I mean, if they beat Kyrgyzstan, they may be okay. Um, It might just come down to goal difference. So I think... You know, if Thailand do well against Saudi Arabia and Oman, which they could do, um, you know, presuming they're the, the third place team, they could get through. Um, however, a heavy defeat would probably eliminate that possibility. Definitely a heavy defeat will, uh, you know, will probably prevent a third place advance. But I got to uh, actually disagree with you because I do think the third place teams tend to be uh, the ones in, in groups that share the points a bit more. And I could see uh, Saudi Arabia and even Oman giving up some points here. So, you know, if if, uh, Kyrgyzstan or Thailand could grab a tie um, off one of those teams and then uh, beat the weaker team, uh, I actually think it's it's possible. I mean, if you look at a team with, say, two strong and two weak teams in the group, then the weak teams would only get three points and not have a third-place finisher that advances. But... Uh, I think the points could be shared enough here that third place would advance. No, you've you've made a strong enough argument that you do convince me. I I think this will be a competitive group. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's probably a stronger and a weaker team here. But, um, you know, I I don't expect necessarily that Saudi Arabia walk all over this group. And I think 
points will be shared between teams with ties or, or close games. So I, I think it's competitive for sure. And um, I think this is a group where if we do see a surprise in the, in the group stage, it could come from this group. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, uh, I kind of like this group in that. Um, I think it'll be a bit more interesting. Well, the others will be interesting if things don't go the way we predicted, but I think this, uh, this one, it's a bit harder to predict than, uh, than most of the groups, but um, um, it's time, Connor. It's time for you to lay down the smack on this group. All right, I am going to say Saudi Arabia first, but I am going to and Oman second. But I'm kind of big on Oman. I think they've done well recently, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get first place. Possibly a tie on with first place on Saudi Arabia, say with seven points or something like that. Um, I'm going to say Thailand third and Kyrgyzstan fourth. You agree? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could kind of uh, throw out some fighting words here, but I agree with you completely. I wouldn't be bold enough to to pick Oman to win the group, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, uh, again, Saudi Arabia, I wouldn't be surprised really by anything other than them finishing fourth. I think I would be a bit surprised by that. Uh, and I think it could be a good battle between Thailand and Kyrgyzstan. I do give Thailand the edge there, but um, form, you know, form means a lot. So I think if Kyrgyzstan comes in in good form, uh, if they were as tough as they were in 2019, I think they could take uh, third. But um, uh, we don't consistently see them that tough. So yeah. I'd have to uh, give the edge to Ireland uh, or Thailand. Again, not surprised if it... Uh, goes against that though yeah do you see thailand with any chance of overtaking oman uh not really i think at the game level they've uh they've you know uh, they've taken some points off oman i think they could take a tie here but i think at the campaign level uh i wouldn't expect to see them strong enough to to really i i i'd almost say that I'd almost say they're more likely to take points off Saudi Arabia than Oman. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. I think there is a bit of a gap between Oman and Saudi Arabia, but points are possible. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us not only to the end of, uh, of this uh, media cast, but the end of the series. So uh, we are going to do a, a series on the players uh, of this thing and then we might do an update podcast uh, getting closer to the cup uh, otherwise uh, stay tuned for the player series and uh, for our series on the African Cup as well we originally planned to tag on our past, present and future plans for the media cast but we have instead decided to put a link to that 10 minute video in the show notes it covers what we're working on and what we plan to do over the next nine months. We'd like to thank Navur Abachan and Pixabay for the wonderful music you hear in this media cast. The title is called Arabic Craft.